Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. So I want you to open your Bible if you brought it to the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. And uh, we're going to share some things that God's been really stirring up in my heart. And years gone by, He talked to me a lot about this subject. And so, um, you know, I don't believe you could really talk too much about it. Just being around Christians, I know you can't. <laughs> they need to hear this over and over and over again. So, uh, the 10th chapter of Hebrews, the 23rd verse. 10th chapter of Hebrews, the 23rd verse. If you, uh, well, I'll wait a minute until you find it. You need to see this verse and mark it. I'll put a red highlight pencil over it or something so that it can be something you see when you turn to this page. Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. That's me. That's you. Because he said, let us. So everybody say, that's us. In other words, this is what we do. We hold fast the confession. The, the margin of my Bible says, probably yours too, I have a little letter S there, not in the margin, it says confession. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith. And so uh, that's what he's talking about, confessing. Confession is in the body of Christ to most people, doesn't apply to anything else but, you know, talking about sin. You know, Lord, I sinned, I confess my sin. Well, that's one, uh, there is a place and the scriptures for confessing sin. But that's not this confession. This is a confession of faith. Um, the confession of sin is a different kind of confession. Somebody said, well, that's right. When a person gets saved, they need to confess their sins. No, that's not what they do when they confess whenever they get saved. The Bible didn't say, whosoever shall uh, come and confess their sins, he'll be saved. He said, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and whosoever shall believe in his heart and shall confess Jesus is Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. So when a person gets saved, don't tell them to confess their sin. Because that's not how they get saved. Don't so, oh God, I've I've stolen, oh God, I've lied, oh God, I've I've you know laid around with somebody else's wife. Well, that doesn't get you saved. Amen. What gets a person saved is confessing, Jesus, you're my Lord, I receive you as Lord right now. And then whenever you do that, that's how a person gets saved, whenever they believe on him in their heart. Somebody said, You mean their sin's not the problem? No, because Jesus already took their sin. So they don't need to confess all their sin. They need to accept what Jesus did for them and confess it. Amen. Amen. The confession of sin, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's talking to a Christian. So confession that we're talking about tonight is not the confession of the Christian's sin, if they've sinned, which is what we do to become forgiven of it. We acknowledge that it was wrong. We acknowledge that we did it, and we humble ourselves, and we repent, and then we get up, and we don't do it anymore. Praise the Lord. But that's not what I'm talking about. Tonight, I'm talking about the confession of faith. Now, notice here, he said, let us hold fast the confession of faith. In other words, the, he didn't say over there in 1 John 1, 9, let us hold fast the confession of our sin. There's a kind of confession that you do once and then you go beyond it and that is the confession of your sin whenever you've missed it. But you know, you don't want to just stay sin conscious all the time after that because what you say you're going to be the most conscious of. 
So after that, you need to start saying, after you've confessed it, acknowledged it, humble yourselves, humbled yourself and repented, then you say, Father, I just want to thank you that according to your word, you've forgiven me of my sin and you've cleansed me of all unright. And then from then on, you go talking about, thank God I'm forgiven. Thank God. And the devil says, that was awful what you did. You say, shut up. It don't even exist anymore. Amen. 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 But here's a different kind of confession. This one you hold fast. This is a confession of faith. What is that? That's a confession of your confidence in God's word, your confidence in what God said to you. Praise God. And that is a biblical doctrine. All through the Bible, the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. The Bible says, and I love Isaiah 57, 19. He said, I create the fruit of the lips. God, God's talking. He says to us, he creates what we say. Well, same thing as Mark 11, 23. You will have what you say. In other words, God said, what you say, my power causes it to come to pass. Well, I'm just so afraid. Well, you spoke it and it's coming to pass. How many of you understand those things? Well, I want to talk about 10 things tonight that confession does. 10 realities of the confession of your lips. Amen. Number one, and I'm going to go pretty quick because, you know, 10's a lot. Number one, the, the confession of your lips creates the uh, reality of the Word of God within your spirit. The confession of your lips creates the reality of the Word of God within your spirit. You're the most conscious of the things you say. Amen? The things that you say, you, re, you, you, are, you are aware of and your spirit keeps alive. So the confession of your lips maintains the reality of the Word of God within your spirit. Um, Proverbs 3, 3 says that you can write upon the table of your heart. Well, how do you do that? You do it with the, with the, with the tongue. You can speak things and write things in your heart. Amen. The Word dawns upon our spiritual consciousness through our confession of it. You know, some people say, well, you know, I believe, the, I believe the Bible, but it just doesn't seem real. I've read the Bible, but it just doesn't seem real. Have you ever dared say it was so? See, that's where people come short. Now, don't look at me in that tone of voice tonight. I'm going to preach in your lap. Amen. Now, there's a lot of people who don't like the message of confession, but that means they don't like the Bible. Amen. The Bible says that that's how we get saved. We can get saved by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and confessing him with our mouth. In other words, words put God to action in your life. Whenever you believed it and you said it, whenever you did that, God came, God's power became active and brought to pass what you said. Isn't that awesome? But the first thing that happens is the reality of what you say, it keeps alive on the inside of your spirit. The psalmist David said, like I quoted earlier, Psalm 103, 1 and 2, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, heals all thy diseases. You remember that? How many of you know there's a lot of Christians that kind of forgot about the benefits, and the reason is because they're not always confessing, they're not always blessing the Lord for it. And this is how you do it right here. You thank God with your lips for the things that he's done for you. You ought, to be, you ought to learn to draw up out of your spirit in the morning time everything that you, you have in Christ. The Bible says through the, through the uh, acknowledging of everything good in you, the, the communication of your faith becomes effectual. So when you say it, it becomes active is what the word effectual means. I mean, you stir it up on the inside. You'll forget your coffee and your caffeine by the time you get out the door. You'll get so edified. Amen? Hallelujah. So we want to be people that are aware of God's Word. A person who forgets God's Word is a person who is not acting on it. Am I in the right room tonight? 
Well, but I just don't feel like it's right. I just don't. I know God said it, but I don't feel like it's true. Well, you wouldn't feel right standing in front of your mother-in-law and calling her a liar either, would you? What? 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 Pastor, what are you talking? Well, see, what you're doing by saying, I know God said it, but it just doesn't seem like it's true. What you're doing is you're standing in front of God and calling him a liar. Well, God, I know you said it, but it's just not true. I know Michelle said that she forgave me for what I did, but I just don't feel like, well, you call Michelle a liar? She said she forgave you. I'm preaching good. Don't call God a liar. Don't stand in front of God and say, I know you said that, but I just don't feel like it. He, can you imagine God up in heaven? I get so tired of feelings. <laughs> I mean, everybody's feel, 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 feel. How about what I said? Is that true or is it not true? I think he, I, you know, we live in the emotional, feely, touchy, gushy, gushy realm, you know, too much. If, if she said she forgave me, then I say, well, praise God, she forgave me. The devil says she has not, and you go, shut up, devil. She said so. She's a person of her word. And if God said he forgave you, don't go, well, I just don't feel like it. Don't call him a liar. I mean, how would you feel standing in front of your mother-in-law and calling her a liar? You wouldn't feel like, you wouldn't feel good about that. How can you ever, how can you ever expect to feel good about what God said if you're standing in front of him calling him a liar? I might go ahead and preach tonight. Is that all right? <laughs> so, you know, it might be, it might be ignorantly calling him a liar, but yet right on the other hand, it's calling God a liar to say that, well, I know God said it, but it doesn't. See, just say it anyway. Just go ahead and say what God said. That's what confession means. It means to say the same thing if you look it up. So just say what God said. Don't, 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 don't hold a conference with your feelings or your mind or your body and ask them, do we think it's so? They'll go, no, we don't. And you go, I guess it's not. No, walk in revelation knowledge, not in sense knowledge. Walk in what the Word of God says. Just do it on purpose. I had a friend of mine one time, he said to me, he said, you know, I'm getting victory after victory. He said, but I don't have a bit of feelings about any of it. I said, well, praise God for victory. <laughs> Amen. So, the, 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 the reality of it dawns on us through our confession of it. So, we might be calling God a liar, and that's the reason sometimes it's not, it's not, we don't feel like it. I mean, you can't have good feelings standing in front of God and call him a liar. Now, the effect of our lips on our own inner man is awesome. Psalm 77, 3, Psalms David said, uh, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Now, as you grow in the Lord, you'll recognize that your words have a lot to do with your feelings. And not only your feelings, but have a lot to do with what happens in your spirit. You actually should be speaking words that are edifying and build up your own spirit. So, the words that you speak, are, are the effect of those words on your spirit are awesome. It's what we confess with our lips that dominates our inward man. Amen. Uh, this is also true about hearing what, what other people hear us say. Our words can uh, uh, develop faith or fear in other people. That's, right. That's most evident in the lives of our children. You can tell certain children were raised in an atmosphere of fear because that's kind of the way they, that they took on that fear. Words created it. Do you realize words create atmospheres? How many have ever walked in a room? I don't know if you've uh, ever paid attention to these kind of things, but you can walk into rooms sometimes and you can sense the words that were spoken there. You can sense loving words were spoken there if they were spoken. You can also walk in and tell, there's just been an argument in here. <laughs> you ever done that? Amen. This room is kind of tense right now. Amen. Well, words created that. Right. In Tulsa, we had healing school. We helped there quite a bit. And uh, many, 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 many of the people that came 
Get my, get my point? Many of them that came, they said, man, it's just, so, it's just so easy to receive here. It's just the atmosphere is so easy. It's just like it's full of healing. And they go, what is it? I guess it's just the anointing. We said, nope, it's words. The only thing we allow spoken in here is healing and not, well, this problem, the doctor said this, and I don't know about that, and, the, you know, they gave me three months. We don't talk that here. We stop them right in the middle of it, and we say, let's look at what God said about it. And that's what created the atmosphere. And they were always talking about the atmosphere. And we said, here's what you can do. You can go back to your home and create the same atmosphere in your home. You know, one, so, you know why some people die prematurely? It's because they, had, they were living in the wrong atmosphere. Wrong atmosphere. Wrong words spoken. Words that created unbelief and formed unbelief within their own spirit. And those words dominated them. Am I in the right room tonight? So, words can create uh, the reality of the Word of God within your own spirit. Our words can beget faith or fear. Our words can bolster or whip the faith within our own heart. You can have a heart full of faith and start talking unbelief, and faith on the inside withers. You know what I'm talking about? Your words of faith cause faith to grow in power inside of you. Nothing feeds or strengthens your faith more than your own words. Your faith needs to be bolstered by your words. You know, well, I just wish somebody would encourage me. Well, the Bible said, the psalmist David said, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. How did he do that with his words? He started saying, well, I'm going to remember all that God's done for me in the past. He started blessing the Lord for everything God had done for him in the past. Amen. 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 Now, when the circumstances of life or traumas come, the first thing, the very first thing that comes out of your mouth is the most important. Because the outcome of this situation gets established from the beginning. Isaiah 40 says, excuse me, Isaiah 46.10 says that God declares the end from the beginning. And that's how things turn out for you. The first thing that comes out your mouth is what gets in the mix. And once you get something in the mix, it's hard to get it out of the mix. If the first thing you, you, you spew into a problem is trauma, oh, fear, what are we going to do? Oh, if the first thing you get in there is that, then now you've got to try to get that out somehow. That's the reason whenever blind, Bar or not blind Bartimaeus, but Jairus brought his daughter, you know, and she was, uh, Jesus was on his way to her house, or his house where the daughter was, and then the woman with the issue of blood interrupted and got healed, snatched the healing, <laughs> and, and Jesus uh, was interrupted and took some time with her to get the testimony and everything, and then the message came, you know, don't trouble the master, your daughter's dead. Remember that? Well, then remember Jesus, the Bible says immediately, as soon as he heard those words, Jesus said, fear not, believe only. In other words, Jesus was saying, you put your faith in the mix. Now, here's a new bad report. Don't speak fear into this situation. Amen. He was stopping him, Amen. uttering those words of fear before he got that into the, the situation because that would have stopped Jesus in his tracks. Amen. I love reading that passage. I don't have time to go to it, but you read it later, Mark 4 or Mark 5. It talks about Jesus. The Jairus came to him and said, Master, my little daughter lieth at home at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her and she'll be healed. The very next verse says, and Jesus went with him. You know where Jesus goes? It's where faith puts him. It's where faith sends him. He said, my daughter's at home at the point, but you lay your hands on her. And then he said, and she'll be healed. And Jesus, the very next statement says, and Jesus went with him. In other words, Jesus goes where faith puts him. That man said, she'll be healed. And Jesus, Jesus was moved toward faith. 
Glory to God. And that's the reason why he said, don't be afraid. Don't speak fear. Believe only. Amen. In other words, don't contaminate this faith that you've already got, you know, that's already begun moving to your miracle, that's already set this thing in motion. Don't contaminate that with fear because it's going to get the thing all messed up. Because Jesus was moving on faith. Praise be to God. No, Jesus doesn't go where, you know, people cry and beg. I mean, he's available for those individuals. I don't mean he's not. But my point is, that doesn't move him. Amen. It's faith that moves him. We see that all through the New Testament. Hallelujah. So what the first thing that comes out of your, faith, your mouth is the most important. Praise God. Faith is a seed and it must be planted before it can, be, can affect a change. Praise God. I thank God for the, word of, the message of faith. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? Now, you'll never do the works of Jesus until you begin to confess, I do them. I, I got a testimony this week from somebody. They said, Pastor, Pastor. I got the phone call. I hadn't got a chance to talk them, call them back yet. But they said, uh, there was somebody uh, in my business, and uh, they were talking about how they couldn't get on the football practice because of the rash that was on their body. And I said, let me see that. And I rebuked it, and they called me de the next day and said, it's all gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, see, I know this individual, and they've begun to say, I do what Jesus does. I, I say what Jesus said. They're walking this walk. They're not just sitting in church going, uh-huh, pastor, and then going out and forgetting about it. They're acting on it. Amen. 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 How about all of us just go ahead and do the works of Jesus? Begin to say, I'm Jesus to this person that's in, that's in my business right now. I'm Jesus to this person that I just met. No, I didn't say you were God. I just said to this person, he's inside of me, and I'm going to let Jesus out. Yeah. Amen. Praise be to God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Well, that maybe some of you will enjoy the next one better. Number two, the confession of your lips locates you. It defines your position. You know, sometimes we talk about being seated with Jesus in heavenly places, far above. Well, see, if your words are not speaking of that realm, then you're not taking your seat. Amen. Amen. Your seat's there, but you've come down to the lower level, and you're operating on this level now. Because right. Jesus said, he that's of the earth speaks of the earth. That's right. Amen. He that's from above, he talks above. Amen. But, you know, we have a seat in, far above, but if you're talking naturally, you're not taking your seat. It's available to you. You can go up there and take it anytime. But you need to talk above natural. See, whenever you're walking in the flesh, your words will be flesh-dominated. Your words will be sight-dominated. I see, and so that's reality. But whenever you're walking in the Spirit, the realities of the Word are more real to you than the seen realm, and you'll be talking about that. And, and other people see it, and they go, what? What are you talking about? But then they, get the, they see the results, and then they realize, well, <laughs> I, don't, I sure don't understand, but it sure did something for them. Amen. Amen. So it reveals faith or doubt. You're, it locates you. It defines your position. You know, it shows whether you're, here's, here's what you got to, you can locate people by the confession of their lips. Um, you can locate whether they're sick trying to get healed or whether they're healed with symptoms and attacks of sickness. Amen. Their words, their words tell off on them. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's right. See, on the inside, you've got to be living healed already. Amen. And their confession will reveal that by, by what you say. But if you're sick, if you believe you're sick, then you're going to be talking, I'm sick and I got I to gotta, I gotta get my healing. I got to get, well, Jesus already healed you. 
but you're in the natural realm trying to get up to where he got you. Well, he already placed you there. Why don't you just, why don't you just begin to say, that's who I am. Ha <laughs> ha. And just say that, and then you'll automatically live in the realm of the spirit, the realm of the unseen. You're living above, praise the Lord. It reveals whether you're walking in sense knowledge or faith, which is based on revelation knowledge. The man of the senses would never dare say anything but what he felt or he experienced. The man of the senses, dominated by the senses. 1 Timothy 6, 12 says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. And we've talked about that. That's more of a reference to the sumo wrestling kind of game where they tried to keep each other from getting, they tried to keep from the other partner, the other uh, opponent getting them outside of the circle. So what your job is, is to stay in the arena of faith. Amen. Stay in this realm of believing that I have it. Whenever you, whenever you say, I've got to get my healing, what you've done is you've stepped outside and now you're, you're saying, I'm trying to get in. Amen. But the Bible said, maintain that position of faith. Amen. If you hold the devil in the arena of faith, you'll whoop him every time. Amen. But if he gets you in the realm of senses trying to get into faith, he'll whoop you every time. Yes. Amen. Well, I just don't feel like I believe. Believing's not a feeling. Amen. You can have a head full of doubt and a heart full of faith and it'll work for you out of your heart. All you got to do is hook your tongue up to this down here and speak out of this down here. Oh, glory to God. That's where I live. I just learned, I've grown and I'm going to grow more, praise the Lord, where I just live and kind of not even, you know, sometimes I'm not even hardly aware when the thing left. If I had an attack against my body, I remember I was healed of warts on my hand one time like that. I just got so caught up with the fact that I was healed that I forgot about the fact that those warts were even there. A couple weeks later, I was looking, I said, where'd they go? When did they leave? I don't even know when they left. They had been gone, I guess, for a long time, and I didn't even realize they had. See, I got so caught up with what God had already said. Oh, thank God I'm healed. Amen. Haven't had warts since. Amen. Don't believe in having warts. Amen. 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 I don't believe in being broke, Amen. so I don't say it. I don't believe in being sick, so I don't say it. Amen. Well, now, pastor, don't you get attacked? Sure, sure, just like anybody else. But, you know, why give in to the attack? It's like the devil coming to your door and say, here, here's a ticking, you know, you hear tick, tick, tick. Here's a bomb. Here, sign on the line. I mean, you'd be stupid to sign on the line. Uh, Well, it came, so it's got my name on it, so I guess it's mine. No, it's not yours. Here's how you tell what's yours. So the confession of your lips locates you. Number three, it fixes the landmarks of your life. It fixes the landmarks of your life. You don't ever expect, you should never expect to receive beyond what you say. Amen. 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 Proverbs 6, 2 says, thou art snared with the words of your mouth. You're taken captive with the words of your mouth. Then in Proverbs 12, 6 says that the, the mouth of the upright delivereth him. So your mouth can trap you or it can set you free. Your words can uh, fix, in other words, the landmarks and the limitations of your life. See, if you speak uh, uh, millions, you'll have millions. If you speak poor, you'll have poverty. If you speak you're a victim, you'll live in victim. If you speak you're a victor, you'll live in victory. Amen. The works of Jesus must be on your lips. Praise God. You know, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, well, the ten spies, and then they stirred up the children of Israel, uh, were all complaining about, you know, we can't go in and, uh, you know, we're grasshoppers in their sight. Do you know they confessed the grasshoppers can get it, but we can't, and the grasshoppers went in and got it, and they didn't? (laughs) 
Amen. That's good. That's right. It limited. Their words blocked them from being able to go in. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, 28, you'll decree a thing and it'll be established unto you. In other words, if you don't decree beyond where you are, you'll never go beyond where you are. Well, I'm just so, I'm so, in, I'm, in, I'm intimidated so easily. Stop saying intimidated. Start saying, he's not giving me a spirit of timidity. Start confessing I'm as bold as a lion because I'm the righteousness of God. Start confessing I do not fear because God's not giving me a spirit of fear. And the Bible says that the fear of man brings a snare. So I will not be afraid of man and I will not be snared. You know, whenever you walk your dog, you got your dog on a leash. And I, you know, you know how dogs are. They run to the end of the leash and then they get jerked back. Can't go any further. Well, that's what it's like by fear of something. It, it jerks you back. That fear keeps you from going beyond the end of the leash. The devil's walking you, you know, he's telling you. And you go, I'm going to get beyond this fear. And he, and you run and, and the fear slaps you in the face and it jerks you back and you can't go beyond that fear. Well, you need to get beyond that fear, break the yoke of that bondage around your neck and go free by speaking that I'm free from fear. Glory to God. Amen. So we must confess because the confession of our lips fixed the landmarks of our life. Proverbs, uh, Psalm 78, verse 41, it says this. It says that they, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. That's right. How do you limit God? You limit Him by wrong words. He's, he's talking about Kadesh Barnea. At Kadesh Barnea, they said, we can't do it. They're, they're greater and stronger than us. And, uh, you know, all those complaining things, they complained and murmured and all of that. Well, what happened as a result of them saying that? That fixed the limits of their life. You see, you talk about your failures and you'll fail. You talk about your insufficiency and you'll not ever have enough. Amen. Can you say amen? Number four, the confession of your lips will give you supremacy over Satan. Hallelujah. Uh, Revelation 12, 11, you know it. Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You can overcome the devil with words. The devil's so weak, he's whipped with words. Bless some of your hearts. You're looking at me like, hope you get done soon. And right here's your answer right in front of you tonight. Just speak the word. Remember Jesus in the wilderness? It is written. And he whooped the devil on every occasion when he used the word. It's written, it's written, it's written. And the devil tried to, you know, slide one in on him one time. He said, well, the devil said, it's also written. And Jesus, and Jesus said, no, it's also written. So you got to have a, a, a repertoire of the word inside. So when the devil starts misquoting the word, whenever you, whenever you see it's misquoted, you go, yeah, but the Bible says this. Right. Good, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you, your confession of your lips gives you supremacy over Satan. The confession of Jesus' lordship immediately put Jesus in supremacy over you, didn't it? Yes. When you said, Jesus, your Lord, I receive you as Lord, be my Lord, that immediately gave him the right to be Lord in your life. 
How'd you do that? With your mouth, with your lips, with, the, with your faith in your heart and your lips and your confession. And you must live that way. Now, now, you received him as Savior. You received him as Lord. Why don't you begin to confess him as healer? Confess him. No, well, you know, I'm not sick. I don't have any attacks. Say it anyway. I, I say it over every meal. Every time I pray for the meal, Father, I just want to thank you. And I pray over the food. And then I say, I thank you for taking sickness out of the midst of us. And the number of our days will fulfill. I say it all the time. Because I keep it, I keep it a reality in my spirit. It's never, it's never dull. So if an attack comes, I never have to go. Let's see, where's that faith at? I think it's in here somewhere. I have to find it. No, it's right there. It's always, it's always buoyed up. I'm always using it and speaking it. Can you say amen? So the confession of your lips will give you supremacy over the Satan, or give Jesus supremacy over you. It'll give God or Jesus, or excuse me, God or Satan place in your life. With your confession, you're either going to give God dominion over you or you're going to give Satan dominion over you because they overcame him with the, words of their, with the, with the uh, blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Jesus spoke the word and utterly blocked Satan on every attack. Talking about the devil is how the devil is hindering you and how he's keeping you from success, how he's keeping you sick uh, uh, is a confession of defeat. Amen. It's a wrong confession. You know there are right things to say and wrong things to say? Yes. So talk, don't talk about your trials. Don't talk about your difficulty. Don't even speak your doubts. Well, well I just, I'm just, I just, I just don't, I, I don't know if I believe. Don't speak. Just, just say, just say something that's edifying. Well, I don't know if I believe. Well, just say it anyway. If you don't believe it, it ain't gonna hurt you. It'll help you believe it. Amen. Well, I don't know if I believe I'm healed or not. Well, just say it anyway. Talk yourself into believing it. You know, a lot of the doubt is in your head anyway and not in your heart. And you can press through that by getting, by just keep talking about it, just keep talking about it. You need, to, you need to confess yourself into being flat silly happy about it, what the Word said. Amen. So don't talk about your, your unbelief. Don't talk about uh, your lack of faith. Well, I just don't have much faith. Don't say that. You got enough to blow cancer out of your body. Well, I just got a little seed. Well, a little seed will take care of a mountain, the Bible said. Don't talk about your small faith. Talk about what, what power is in that faith you got. Don't talk about your lack of money. Whether you know it or not, you're glorifying the devil. Don't, don't glorify the devil. Every time you talk about what he's doing, that's why it's not good to watch the news all the time. All they're doing is talking about what the devil's doing. The devil's doing this. He's blowing up this. He's flooding out this city. He's tearing up that city. He's got crime over here, terrorism over here. That's all the devil. And they're, 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 a, they're a publishing uh, house for hell many times. Right. When was the last time you turned it on and said, wow, uh, uh, revival hit Kenya and 100,000 people saved? Amen. But do you know things like that are happening? Yes. They don't talk about it. Why? Because they don't listen to heaven before they talk. They listen to hell most of the time before they talk. Amen. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> Why don't you keep tuning in to what heaven's doing and, and talk about what heaven, right here's what heaven's doing right here. Talk about it all the time and keep you more conscious of it. And it'll keep it working for you. So don't glorify the devil. Like praise to God gives God place in your life, glorifying the devil's work gives him place in your life. By a wrong confession, you're giving Satan place in your life and he will move in and dominate you. It might be a consent of ignorance, but it is consent nevertheless. Talking about all the problems. Amen. amen. Can you say amen on amen. that? Amen. 
So your confession uh, should not be around doubt or, or doubt will reign supreme. Don't confess condemnation or unworthiness because you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Your faith will remain a prisoner if you don't confess, if you confess your, uh, your faith will remain a prisoner if you don't confess your faith. Yeah. Amen. Amen. How many have you ever been enticed to steal? Don't look at me pious now. I mean, it might, it might have been years ago, but you were enticed to steal. Of course, we're not talking about today or this week, of course. I've been enticed. I've been in stores before. When I was a kid, I did, but I quit. But after that, I was, I was enticed, you know. I used to steal baseball cards, like baseball cards and, and stuff when I was a kid. Well, then I started walking with God, and I, 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 you know, my little heart wouldn't let me anymore. But every time I was enticed to steal after that, I didn't come out and say, I was tempted. I didn't tell my mom, I was tempted to steal in there. I, I didn't talk about it. That's right. And since I didn't talk about it, it eventually died. That's right. And I didn't yield to it. Amen. So I didn't yield to it and didn't talk to it, and eventually it just left. That's right. Last time I've been tempted to steal anything, I don't even remember. It's been, I don't know, it's probably 15 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even think about it anymore. In fact, right. you know, I was, I was in a store one time with my sister. I was probably about 20 years old, 18 or 20 years old at this time. And I, got, I gave them, I bought a shirt. And it was J.C. Penney years ago. And I bought a shirt. And I, it was just a real cheap shirt. I gave them a, I, I gave them a $10 bill. And I think my change was $2 or something. And uh, they gave me, rather than two, I guess they punched a zero wrong or something. They gave me a 20 back. And, uh, I mean, my first thought was, well, here. Because I could have put that in my pocket. Right. But, see, I whipped that by, by not ever speaking all that and, not ever, and stopping yielding to it. Amen. You can do the same thing with everything else that you're tempted to do. See, when you're tempted to speak unbelief, don't go, well, I was tempted. I guess I'm in unbelief. No, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Amen. Starve your doubts and feed your faith. Amen. 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 So, don't ever talk about those things. I mean, if you were tempted to steal, you wouldn't be talking about it. I mean, you don't go around telling people, oh, I got a testimony, I was tempted to steal. Hey. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Some churches you go to, they do things like that. Well, everybody that's out there who's ever tempted to steal go, oh, oh, yeah, I think. It. So, they get to thinking about it again. The more you talk about things, the more real they are to you. The Bible says, uh, talking about uh, righteousness, it says, awake to righteousness and sin not. Amen. In other words, the way you stop sinning is not by awaking to how much you want to sin or being aware, oh my, I'm just so tempted to sin, I want to, I want to. No, it said awake to righteousness. In other words, wake up to the fact that you're the righteousness of God and then you won't be sinning after that. Amen. See, a lot of people are using that reverse. They're doing, they're, you know, if you, if you just always think about, okay, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do that. Next thing, how many of you know the next thing you're doing is you're doing it? No, wake up to the righteousness that you are. So always talk about your righteousness. Always confess that you're, you're, you're a faith person. You might have had 45 doubts go through your mind in the last minute. But you just confess. The only, the only thing that came through your mind that was faith is the only thing you say. Amen. And if you want to make sure that those faith thoughts go through your mind, say faith things all the time, and you'll be thinking faith things all the time. I learned that. You can put thoughts on hold like a hold button on the telephone. I, I was talking to a guy one time. I was sitting in his game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got tired. And, you know, have you ever talked to somebody and they never stopped to see if you're listening? They just kept, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this went on for five or ten minutes. This was at the prayer center at Kenneth Hagin Ministries. We used to glance through the phones and pray. And every now and then you get one of these people. They called not to pray. They called to talk to you. And this guy was talking. I was trying to interrupt, and he wouldn't. So finally, I got so tired of the unbelief, I put it on hold and put it down for a while. 
Listen to it afterwards. Sure enough, he's still talking. <laughs> I could tell after 10 minutes he wasn't going to quit for a while. So I just like, whew, ah, praise the Lord. I need to hear something good right now. But you can do that with thoughts when the devil's just yak, 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 yak. Here's how you put thoughts on pause. You put them on, pa or on hold. You put them on hold by saying the word of God. Amen. Every now and then. It happened last week. It happened after fresh oil. The devil is interesting. But uh, after fresh oil, every now and then, uh, uh, one of the old songs from years ago will come back to my memory. You know, that I used to listen to. I blocked them all out, renewed my mind, and they're not in my mind. And, but every now and then, because I was in a store and I heard this one. Yeah. And, it's, and those words, those words just, they start going through my mind. Yeah. You ever had that happen? Yes. You know how I got it stopped? And it only took a minute or two. I started praising God and singing a praise song. Amen. And right now I'm trying to remember what song it was that was going through. I can't even remember right now. It's totally gone. Amen. See, I put it on pause and hold. Amen. And the devil's over there going, when's he going to start listening to this song? <laughs> Never. It's some crying your beer song anyway, you know. <laughs> you getting this tonight? Amen. Doubt is contraband goods and you shouldn't be carrying them around. Amen. They're illegal, just as illegal as drugs. Amen. Dope is evil and doubt is evil and you shouldn't have anything to do with either one of them. Amen. Don't be talking them. It's an evil report, doubt is. It's a negative confession. It's a wrong confession, and it's an invitation to the devil. It gives, a, it gives him grounds for approach in your life. Now listen to this. Colossians 2.5 in the Weymouth translation says, Yet in spirit I am present. Paul's talking about, he said, I, I, I in the spirit, I'm not there in the flesh, but he said, in the spirit I'm present with you. And am delighted to witness your good discipline and the solid front presented by your faith in Christ. Did you get that? He said, I'm with you. I, I'm not there in the, in the flesh, but in the spirit, I witness the, the discipline of your spirit and I witness the solid front presented by your faith in Christ. Think about that. Think about that. The solid front presented by your faith in Christ. How many of you know, uh, Paul saw that by praying for him and in the spirit he saw it. How many of you know Satan's a spirit being and he can see that too? That's exactly what the devil could not get through in Job's life. Remember he said, well, there's a hedge about him. What is that hedge? It's called the shield of faith. Oh, glory to God. That's what Goliath ran headlong into going after David. Boom, hit the shield of faith and bounced off dead. Glory. Hallelujah. And you can build a garrison of faith around you by speaking the promises of God all the time, talking about them all the time. And the devil comes in and he tries to get in. And he's like, boing. He can't get through that shield of faith that you've created, that solid front. Praise God forever. Can you say amen? This solid front is a continual confession of victory over our adversary. And the devil must see it when he comes against you. Amen. We refuse to be intimidated or defeated in our confession. See, the devil will try to intimidate you out of saying the word, and you just won't be intimidated because that's your shield of faith. That's your shield of faith. See, faith is not going to be registering above your confession. You can have a heart full of faith, but that doesn't build a shield. It's your confession of it that builds the shield. 
because they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Praise God. I'm preaching myself happy tonight. So Philippians 1.28 in the Moffat's translation says, Never be scared for a second by your opponent. Uh, your fearlessness is a clear omen of ruin for them. This is talking about the devil and of your own salvation at the hands of God. Your fearlessness is a clear omen of ruin to the devil. When he comes against you and he sees you, uh, no, no fear in your confession, no, no wavering, oh, 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 there's the devil. None of that. When he sees none of that, then it's a clear sign to him before he even comes for you, <laughs> we're whipped. And I believe in signs. I believe in putting up signs, devil. You might as well not even try. Because if you try, you're just going to get hit on the head real hard again. And I know you're getting tired of this. Aren't you getting tired of getting hit on the head with the word bonk? <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. So you are not cowed one whit, another translation says, by your adversaries. And that's in your confession. Don't, don't back down in your confession. Their failure to daunt you is a clear evidence, an actual sign from God for them that their destruction is evident. Hallelujah. So confess your supremacy over the devil. Number five, faith's confessions makes you a master of your circumstances. We'll speed up on these last ones, all right? Makes you a master of your circumstances. How many of you know you should never expect to master circumstances until you've mastered your tongue? Amen. See, people expect to dominate circumstances and they can't even control their tongue yet. Well, if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. And if you can control your tongue, you can create, control everything else in your life. I don't, I don't mean that Satan won't come try to manipulate circumstances, but you can, you can establish in faith ahead of time. You can decree at the beginning how it's going to be at the end. Hallelujah. So your confession must, must be a confession of mastery over devils and demons. And whenever Romans 5.17 says that they reign in life by one Christ Jesus, the other translations that I've read have said reign as a king. How does a king reign? By his words. He decrees a thing. And it comes to pass. And so that's how you reign. That's how your confession makes you a master of circumstances. Number six. Number six is faith's confessions create realities. Mark eleven twenty three. If you don't doubt in your heart but believe those things which you say come to pass, you'll have whatsoever you say. Praise God. In other words, it'll come to pass. It'll be a reality. It'll come to pass in this natural realm. So if you wait to become a conqueror before you believe that you are one, you are mistaken. He said you must say that you are ahead of time because it's saying it that brings it to pass. You have to be, confess it first to become one. You will find that your confession of faith will cause God to work on your behalf. Faith is, uh, confession is faith's way of expressing itself. Praise God. Our confessions rule us. We unconsciously go down to the level of our confession. No one ever rises above it. If you say you can't, then you won't. And you can. Amen. So your words, your words of your lips... That, that you speak, God will perform. The same thing that, that he, he said in his word, whenever he says will come to pass, he'll perform those same words in your mouth because he said in, in, in Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Praise God. Remember Mark 11, or Mark 5, the woman with the issue of blood? For she said, if I touch him, I'll be healed. God performed what she said. Yeah. Hallelujah. It created a reality. Yeah. She spoke it into being. Right. And the Amplified says she kept saying it. Yeah. 
so it came to pass. What you say comes to pass. Uh, Romans 4.17 says it calls those things that be not as though they are, faith does. Another translation of that says calls into existence the things that do not yet exist. Woohoo! In this realm, if it doesn't exist, but in that realm, if God said it's yours, then your words are calling it into existence. Again, Isaiah 57, 19, God said, I create the fruit of the lips. It's the same word create in the book of Genesis where God created in the beginning heaven and earth. Your words will, will God, God will do the same things that his words, whenever he spoke his words, things happened. But whenever you speak his words, the same things that, do, that it does in his mouth, it'll do in your mouth, it'll be created, it'll come to pass. See, that's where people miss it. They miss redemption. Redemption brings man back to the dominion over all the earth like Adam had. See, they're still saying, oh God, if you and your sovereignty would choose to do this, then do it. No, he's given you the right to decree a thing and it become established unto you. Well, I just don't believe that. Well, we know that's why it ain't coming to pass. <laughs> well, it doesn't work for me. I know you just said it. Amen. Do you know why you have what you say? Because Jesus said, Mark 11, what there, verily I say unto you. <laughs> well, if he said it, it's going to happen. Because he gets what he said. I say unto you, if you say it, it'll come to pass. He said it, so I say it, it comes to pass because he said it, come to pass because he said it. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So the word on our lips will perform the same thing that his word will perform in his own lips. Sooner or later, you will become what you confess. Can you say amen? Number seven, confession establishes the word and the experience of the word in your life. The Bible says in Job 22, 28, you'll decree a thing and it'll be established unto you. Number eight, confession is faith's way of expressing itself. See, that's the reason you must speak the word is because uh, without expression of faith, without acting on your faith in some manner, there will not be any faith producing power in your faith. Talks about in John, I believe it's John 12, where the, the, the high priest believed on him, but because of the, uh, some of the other people, they didn't confess him. The question is, is believing enough? The answer is no. There's a lot of people out here that believe that Jesus raised from the dead. But they have not personally received it and confessed it their own self for their own salvation in their faith that they have. The Bible says devils believe and tremble. But they ain't going to heaven. So it's not enough to just believe something. Well, if I believe it strong enough, I just think it's going to come. Well, you think wrong. It won't come. You got to act on what you believe. You know, sometimes people say, well, I just believe that if I, uh, if I diet, I'll lose weight. Well, say it all you want, but it ain't going to happen until you act on what you... See law. I got the point across. All right. Number nine, confession gives me access to the things of God. Now, you already have ownership of them. I don't mean it gives you ownership. That was sealed in the blood of Jesus and, and it's, re, it's revealed to us in this document, this legal document called the new covenant. You already have ownership. 
He's given you all things that pertain to life and God. You already have ownership of it, but confession is the, your way of walking into it. Hebrews 10, 19 through 23 talks about having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Christ, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. Having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water, and let us hold fast the confession of our faith. In other words, he said, let us come in with the confession of our faith. Did you get that? In other words, your confession gives you access. Your confession is transportation in the spirit. If you want to go somewhere, confess, speak, and you'll go there. That's how you went to salvation, wasn't it? You stepped into salvation and you accessed the salvation whenever you believed and you spoke it. But some people are waiting on God to do something and he's waiting on them to say it because it's the generator that he's waiting on to use. The generator of everything you want and need is right underneath your, right underneath your nose. Literally, right underneath your nose. <laughs> well, I'm just hoping it comes to... Well, he didn't say that that's going to... Hope doesn't... Hope is a wish. Hope is a desire. Hope is, you know, uh, you know natural hope is. It's just kind of... Oh, you know, it never gets a hold on the things of God. But confession of faith gives you access to the things of God. So you never enter into it until you confess it. Number 10, confession uh, opens and closes doors. Matthew 16, 18 and 19, you're familiar with this. It says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. One translation says, whatever doors you open will be opened in heaven. Whatever doors you close will be closed in heaven. That has to be what he's saying. Because, remember Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound. See, what's he talking about? He's given us key, keys open doors. Right. So, whenever he said, whatever you bind on earth, he said, whenever, how do you bind something? With, with handcuffs or string or rope? How do you bind that? You can't bind things like that. You have to bind them with your words. Amen. It's your words that you speak that you use to bind satanic forces, yes. uh, you know, poverty and all the stuff, all the junk, Amen. all the fear. Amen. Fear is a spirit. You can take authority over it with your words. You can bind it up Amen. with your words. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. Amen. Don't have to have a spirit of fear. Amen. In fact, I don't. don't just don't have it. Don't, not afraid of what you think? <laughs> not afraid of what people in this town think? Not afraid of what that person thinks that emailed today and said, said, said what they said? <laughs> Found out our church is listed on a cult page. You know, oh, spirit of faith cult. <laughs> that doesn't make me afraid of. Amen. Did, Amen. Diddly squat. Not afraid of Amen. diddly squat. <laughs> They listed us with the Mormons and the Hare Krishnas and all of that. I thought, my goodness. See, they don't even know what we say. They, they, they say that because they heard something. And they don't even sit and listen. I've quoted more verses tonight than any Baptist church, Catholic church you've ever been to. I'm talking about all month in some of those. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just not afraid of anybody either. Well, what if people believe that? Well, you know, I'm not responsible for what they believe. I have to stand before the Lord for what they believe. But whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. How do you do that? You do it with your words. It's what he says that, that, that causes these things to happen. We have the keys and keys open doors. Now, most Christians don't look at it that way. They think, well, if the Lord opens the door, then I'll go through it. 
Well, he might, he might, see, the Lord is not controlling that. It might be that, that you have to stand there and command the door to open. You understand what I mean? That's what we're doing with television. I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't even talked to many of these places that I believe we're supposed to be on, but you know, I'm, I'm commanding ahead of time. Amen. We got an email today about somebody wants us, you know, you, you got any broadcasting? Why don't you on TV here? <laughs> see, it's already starting to happen. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Well, see, people say, well, if God opens the door, then I'll know it's his will. Well, see, Satan's, what they're talking about when they say open doors, they're talking about circumstances lining up. Dr. Dufresne called it, your duck's getting in a row. Amen. <laughs> well, if it all lines up, you know, if the door opens, I'll know it's God's will. <laughs> well, those ducks might line up because they're hungry for the, for the line of food that you're getting ready to put down. In other words, circumstances lining up or doors opening can happen in this realm because of satanic work. Just because the doors open to your local tavern doesn't mean it's God's will. Right. You know, well, 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 you know, if the door opens, I'll go through it. And then you go in and you get drunk and you, you mess up and you do, do stuff you didn't wish you, you wish you wouldn't have done. And then you go, well, the door opened and God's saying, it wasn't me that opened the door. Well, I walked past the bar and the bartender opened the door and said, come on in, I'll free drinks. Well, that must be the will of God. No. You understand? You get it? But see, multitudes, multitudes, you don't have to go far and you'll find one around here. Of Christians say, well, if the door is open, I'll know that's God. It might not. See, the Bible talks about, and I'll close with this, Revelation 3.7 and Revelation 3.20. 3.7 and 3.20. One says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. You ever heard of that one? Well, so that's, that's not him opening the door. That's us opening the door. Isn't that right? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's Revelation 3.20. But then Revelation 3.7 says, And the, to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, and he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens. Well, that's Jesus. So here's Jesus opening some doors. But then here's over, a door over here. He said, well, if you open it up. Let me illustrate this way. I, I used to travel and stayed in motels all the time. And the Lord gave me this illustration. And it solved this thing for me. In motels many times, there are, you know, you, you check into the room and there's a door you came in, of course, but then right, right as you walk past the coat, coat or the clothes hanger area, there's another door right there. Well, I, first time I was ever in a motel, I didn't know what that was. I opened it up and there's another door right on the other side of it. How many have ever seen that? Well, what it is, it's for people who, you know, maybe they know each other and they get two rooms side by side and they can both open the door if they want. And uh, they can go back and forth and, and fellowship with one another and do whatever. But um, see, unless both doors are open, you can't get through. There's a lock on each side. If I open my door and they don't open their door, I can't get into their room. And so there's just like that in the things of God. Jesus made a door and access for us to come into the blessings of God. We can come right into healing now because Jesus opened the door. We can come right into blessings because Jesus opened the door. Amen. He's opened the door on his side, but what are you doing on your side? Amen. See, some people have it locked on this. How'd they lock it? With their words. Because they didn't loose it with their words. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. It actually in the Greek says, whatever you loose on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. Amen. Did you get that? 
So God, Jesus has opened his door, but you've got to open it on this side. How do you do it? By speaking words. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I did it. I preached myself happy. Amen. Ten, ten realities of confession that you must remember. Now, here's what I believe you ought to do with this tape. Get this tape, and anytime you're struggling with why do I need to say things, stick this tape in and, and listen, let the word pump you up, and you'll get so fired up, you'll rock out the door. Here I come, Mr. Devil. I'm speaking the word today. <laughs> Amen. So did you get all those reasons that you must be making confessions of faith? Because it does an amazing amount of things for you. We haven't even covered them all. We could, we could cover a lot. There's other ones, but we just hit the highlights tonight. Praise God. So we are people of confession. Is that right? And we say the right things. What do we say? Well, the doctor said, well, who is he? Let's go to a higher authority here. I mean, he's trying to help you. You understand. I'm not saying fight him. And, and don't sit there and tell him, don't say that. See, he's just, he's operating in the natural realm. You thank him and usually pay him. And then you walk out and you say, well, I know I got a higher authority here. I'm going to appeal to a higher court. Uh, here's what that, that, here's what they say. They say, and so I'm going to say, glory to God. I thank God for the word. It helps us. It, it feeds us. It, it encourages us. I believe that, you know, the Bible talks about the, 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 the walk of faith that we walk. It's called the confession, the great confession. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're to, we're to be confessing Jesus. We're to be talking about Jesus. We're to be testifying about Jesus. But we're to, you know, sharing him with other people. But we're to, we're to testify who he is to us. We're to talk about his, his, his work in our life. And we're to always be uh, speaking it over our own selves and, and, and building the realities of the truths of what Jesus did for us into our own spirit. Um, can I share something that happened to you the other day, the other few days ago? Didn't get you. I, I didn't think about asking you. I meant to, I told everybody I was going to share this on Sunday uh, of last, you know, last Sunday. And, uh, you know, I was up there and it just got right by me. So I, I needed to f keep my word to you. Um, Monday, last week, not this week, but last week, Mavis was driving down the highway. I guess it's out on 80 down there. Mavis Nelson, everybody knows who Mavis is. And she was, uh, I guess uh, a tire came off of a, a vehicle or something and went right towards you. I, I got some of the details. Hit, hit her truck. She's going, you know, high speed because of the speed limits out there. And so, and she's got trucks on both sides of her or somewhere close to her, semi trucks. Maybe I should have her come up here and tell this. Come on up here, Mavis. <laughs> Praise God. This is, this is the thing I want you to hear about what came out of her mouth whenever she started having this happen. First of all, I had the shield of protection around yes. me. Jehovah Jireh was with me. I was driving down Interstate 80. I had the cruise set at 70. I was passing two semi-trucks. And so I was in the left lane. Um, a farmer going the opposite direction, pulling a... Um, cattle cart? A horse trailer, yeah. but it was loaded with cattle. He actually was overloaded. Lost a tire, I mean a wheel. A whole wheel and it crossed the medium and was headed for me and when I first saw it I thought it was the semis losing tire tread but I realized it was a wheel bouncing down the interstate right at me I'm in a utility vehicle I couldn't go to the right because the semi trucks were there I braked and tried to go to the left 
But when I realized that I physically in the natural, it was going to hit me, I couldn't dodge it. I said, in the name of Jesus, and about that time it hit me, I was able to pull over to the left and stop the truck without rolling it, which they said was a miracle. Um, when it hit me, the hood went up and the tire then bounced off and went over and actually hit a semi, I think, but they, two semi trucks stopped and everybody behind me stopped, people stopped on the other way and everyone said, you're a miracle. Amen. And I said to the first semi truck, she happened to be a lady driver. She says, I'm amazed. She says, she they kept saying, are you hurt? Are you hurt? And I said, no, I'm fine. And she says, I'm amazed you're alive. And I says, well, it's because I called on the name of my Lord. And they said, more than one of them said, that's the only thing that saved your life. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> they actually thought that the tire, the wheel, was the whole wheel was going to go through my windshield. And if you could see my truck, you'd know I wouldn't be here if it happened. Yeah. But Jesus, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Amen. protector, Praise healer, God. was Amen. with me. <laughs> That's awesome. Let the word pump you up and you'll get so fired up, you'll rock out the door. Here I come, Mr. Devil. I'm speaking the word today. <laughs> Amen. So did you get all those reasons that you must be making confessions of faith? Because it does an amazing amount of things for you. We haven't even covered them all. We could, we could cover a lot. There's other ones, but we just hit the highlights tonight. Amen. Praise God. So we are people of confession. Is that right? Yes. And we say the right things. Amen. What do we say? Well, the doctor said, well, who is he? Amen. Let's go to a higher authority here. Amen. I mean, he's trying to help you. You understand. I'm not saying fight him. And, and don't sit there and tell him, don't say that. See, he's just, he's operating in the natural realm. You thank him and usually pay him. And then you walk out and you say, well, I know I got a higher authority here. I'm going to appeal to a higher court. Right, here's what that, that, here's what they say. They say, and so I'm going to say, glory to God. I thank God for the word. It helps us. It, it feeds us. It, it encourages us. I believe that, you know, the Bible talks about the, 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 the walk of faith that we walk. It's called the confession, the great confession. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're to, we're to be confessing Jesus. We're to be talking about Jesus. We're to be testifying about Jesus. But we're to, you know, sharing him with other people. But we're to, we're to testify who he is to us. We're to talk about his, his, his work in our life. And we're to always be uh, sh speaking it over our own selves and, and, and building the realities of the truths of what Jesus did for us into our own spirit. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write us at Spirit of Faith Family Church. Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.